Okay, Danny is in there. Hey, yeah, you hear me? Yep. All we right. Just, we just waiting on uh, on Shawnee. Once she jumps in the room, uh, then uh, we'll start. Well, it's recording now, but once she gets in, we'll start talking about everything. Yeah. Oh, snap. All right, bro. Can you, like, I can hit him as a bad thing. Yeah, I need to get some space. Yeah. I'm tired. Is there still an echo? Yeah, there's still an yeah. echo. Man. I'm about to eat today. I'm about to eat today. Yeah. Listen. All right. Can you hear Sonny good? Go ahead and say something, Sonny. It's real vague. All right, I know what we'll do. When Sonny talks out here, I just hand her the phone. All right, so we're going to cover a couple topics. Uh, we got the upcoming white national rally. It already happened, but we'll talk about the before and after. We're going to talk about, uh, well, let's just start off with the first topic. So I'll read the story. Uh, We'll talk about it. Hey, you real choppy. What about now? Uh. Yeah, I keep talking. I can't really tell. All right. Am I choppy now? Nah, you sound straight now. All right. So <clears throat> the story goes, all right. A pair of white nationalist rallies happened in uh, two towns in Tennessee. They went off relatively peaceful with one arrest after police prepared carefully to keep demonstrators and counter-protesters under control. One White Lives Matter attendee who was standing with the white nationalists was arrested during the first rally in Shelbyville. The white male, which I don't know why this matters, because they didn't tell us why he was arrested, but yeah. he, he was a green fleece jacket and was approached by a flurry of cops who quickly pulled him through the temporarily detached metal barricade, which was pinning to the both protesting parties on separate sides of the street, and they took him away in a golf cart. Uh, why he was arrested, we don't know. He was on his side of the street, I guess you could say, on his side of the train tracks, but who knows? Maybe he had a gun. Uh, At the event in Shelbyville, a group of white nationalists shouted and threw Confederate items across uh, to counter-protesters who had their own message of dispelling hate. Early on, it was clear who was in control. Uh, attendees were met with heavy and organized police presence. So pretty much the whole story is like, it was a protest. Nobody got hurt. People threw Confederate flags and shit at each other. Um, but the other part of it is, uh, so I found out reading the story, they had these flags, right? And they were called the, uh, what is it called? The, uh, 
the League of the South. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, Southern, no, the Southern uh, National- Southern something. Southern Nationalist flag. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever flag before? All right. So it's just it's just what it is is for people who don't know because I've never seen one before. Have you ever seen one, Damien? Uh, nah, but I think they kind of described it in an article or something like that. Yeah, so what they say was it's a white flag with a black cross on it, pretty much. You seen that before? Where? They have those in some of their houses. Oh, shit. i never seen one. So pretty much what the flag is, it says it evokes the St. Andrew's Cross and the Confederate black battle flag. And so I guess like if you got that, they know you and the you know you and the fuck black people and every other race crew. Uh-huh. Like you go <laughs> go hard in the paint for that shit. Um, and then they did you know like always the blood and soil uh, chance. So I didn't know what blood and soil was. So I'm gonna read it, and after that I'm gonna go ahead. You can like. Come- be your comments on like this whole like white lives matter and all these protests that are going on now, Damien. Alright. You feel about the article. So like so for everybody who doesn't know, blood and soil, what it means is uh it started with uh with the Germans actually. It's a Nazi thing. So it's a German expression decades before even Hitler came to power because it came it became famous with the Nazis. But it was popularized by a prominent Nazi theorist named Richard Walther Dare in 1930, three years before he became Hitler's Minister of Food and Agriculture, which it kind of explains how a guy who became the head of food and agriculture now has like white people all over the world yelling blood and soil. So Dare maintained that the preservation of the Nordic race was inextricably tied to Germany's agrarian population. The idea painted farmers as national heroes who protected the purity of Germany. Under Dare and with Hitler's support, the Nazi party embraced blood and soil as one of its chief ideologies. So pretty much what they're saying is like the farmers were the heroes because like that's where they were from and it was their land. So if you were from there and you bled for that land and that's where you're native to, you know, blood and soil is yours. It's nobody else's. It's your claim to that land. And so that's why you see a lot of racist white people running around yelling blood and soil, blood and soil. Pretty much what they're telling you is like these this is white people's land. This is America's land. And you have no right to be on it. So that's what blood and soil is. And um, but lastly, uh, pretty much what their governor said, you know, one of those political things to uh keep him keep his votes up was while the constitution gives everyone the right to assemble the constitution makes it absolutely clear that we are all americans without regard to race uh senator lamar oh it wasn't the governor it was the senator lamar alexander from tennessee the views of white nationalists nazis white supremacists and the Klan are wrong they are un-american they are not welcome and we need to be loud and clear about that <clears throat> all right so Damien and Shawnee, what do y'all like? What's y'all view on the? I don't see <clears throat> are white nationalists wrong and wanting because I I don't know if these protests are aimed at 
anyone else, but it seems like but Mexicans and Arabs. Like, yeah, like, so like, what's your view on it? Oh no, like I don't agree with it, but like, um, like from a legal standpoint, I mean, they have you know they had a right, and I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody uh, in power cares, you know, really cares enough to do anything about it personally. So I kind of just the way I see it is, it's like, I mean, it's a small group of people. I mean, ultimately, a lot of people feel this way, but I mean, aren't willing to express their views on it, like these people are. So, I mean, us stopping that one group of people from doing what they do isn't—I don't think that's really going to change anything, as far as social matters are concerned. How small of a group is it really, though? Because they did like these were the same people who voted Donald Trump in office, so it can't be that small. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Though, like for us to like put our energy toward like these rallies and stuff, I mean, it's just it's just this one little thing to a bigger problem. Like I don't, I, I shouldn't have to concern myself with, you know, people rallying against uh, minority races when you know there's bigger problems to be solved. I think it's just per- I personally just feel like it's a distraction. Them people out there rallying is the same motherfuckers that'll shoot your ass point blank range and not give a fuck about it. And then won't even goddamn give a fuck about going to jail. They be in jail for goddamn three months and then get the fuck out. Like, fuck them damn niggers and them damn, them damn uh, wet backs and, and, and goddamn, uh, them, what, what they call the, call the fucking people with the, the shit on their head. What they call Sam niggers. Yeah. Sam niggers. Yeah, towel heads. Nah, I agree with that though. Like I completely agree. Like I see that. They wanna be they they damn signs talking about white lives matter. Bitch, who out here killing you? It's like so like Alright, so here's my thing with the with the rallies and stuff. Alright. What if we solve that problem? Like, all right, uh, somehow we get the government to say, all right, th- this isn't right. We can't, y'all can't do this anymore. We forbid it by law, blah blah. Which would be wrong technically, because that would yeah. that would, uh, compromise the First Amendment. But if that happened and they wouldn't do that anymore, like, what's what's next? Like, there's still, you know, there's still divide and economics and still divide and and living. You know what I'm saying? Like. The rally rallies aren't our main concern, you know, when it comes to to division. But the thing is, they'll they'll do stuff like that. If if the government did put a stop to it, they'll do stuff like that to make black people feel like that they did something. Or what? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That's happening now. Just to make that, like, you know, oh yeah, you're doing something to fix the problem. Like the problem ain't the problem ain't being fixed. You just. Uh, white neighborhood, bitch, it's going to be somebody in that neighborhood that thank you over there trying to rob them. Exactly. So, what I'm saying is, like, why, you know, why go out there, why waste my time counter-protesting something that already exists? Like, why waste my time, like, counter-protesting people expressing their views when a lot of people have those views? 
Well, I mean, I think, like, personally, I think the purpose of the process, like, why it's important is because if you sit there and let them run rampant with those protests, that's influence. Like, the news is going to cover that. So, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, if you're not, like, out there uh, showing that there's an opposite view, I mean, there's people out here who are dumb enough. I mean, we got, like, we got the KKK. You got all these white nationalist groups. Like, if they see that this is okay, like, I feel like if they see it's okay and there's nobody saying, yo, this is fucked up, then they're going to be more inclined to lean in that direction. And now we got, we already got enough racists here. So, I mean. So, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. So, but like, so past, past seeing past all of that, at, all right, let's say black people, for instance, we all black. What what steps are black people taking, you know, to really toward racial equality? Walking down the street with signs and shit. We're talking about <laughs> we being peaceful. <laughs> I mean, is it... I mean, what like I, I I okay. So let's get like I mean we're talking about the rally, but I mean I think it's like far deeper right now. So. If, if okay, we're gonna shift the subject a little bit, right? So, like, kind of attack that question: What are black people doing to uh, what promote racial equality? You said, yeah, promote promote racial equality, but like, not necessarily. So here, here's my here's my view on it because I don't really understand how to word it. This is the way I look at it, and this is the way I've looked at it recently. Why have white people always been in power? I mean, they, well, they've always been economically stronger than the minority. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, I mean, they they've always been economically stronger than the minority because the the key word there is minority. We're we're in we're in places where they're the major they're the majority. Wow, we're in places <laughs> where they're the majority. So I mean, it's gonna be. It's it's always going to be an uphill battle when you're 13 percent of the population. So, if, if we're in Ethiopia or Nigeria or you know, or if let's say we're Indian and we're in India, I mean Indians are going to control the economic power wheels. But this so this is what I'm this is what I'm shifting toward. Though. All right, I get a job. I get I have a job in my company. Uh, I hold a very high position that I've earned over time. Uh, when I go to hire, when I go to hire somebody, and I have, if I have you, I have you a black man in there, and I have a, I have a white man in there, and I know more about, I can relate to black men more. Would I not be more inclined if they had the same type of uh, criteria for the job? Would I not be more inclined to hire the black man because I can relate to him more? Yeah, you would be. So that, so in a sense, if you flip that, is that not what white people have been doing this whole time, which is how, why they've been able to hold power? Not necessarily because, because of pure racism, but systematic racism, where I can be like, all right, I hold this position of power. And because I relate to that white man more and I understand his goals, I'm going to be more inclined to hire him versus hiring somebody black. So you don't agree with that? Shawnee doesn't agree. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Well, why? Why wouldn't you agree with if you? 
you making it sound so innocent and pure. I'm not making it sound innocent. I'm talking about the reality of the situation. Fuck that. Fuck that. No, the reality of the situation is goddamn, they don't want your black ass in there working with them. And then most black people, when they... Because they can't, they don't understand black people. They can't relate to black people. They've never tried. I'm not saying they're innocent for that. I'm saying they just understand. Because they want their race and power. They be sitting there and you'll go in the interview. They be like, you know, you know, they get another black person in there and be like, yeah, you know, because you, you know, I'm talking but, about my brothers and my sisters, you know, employed. And then white people get in there and, and they just, they don't say no shit like that. They just like, yeah, you know, you're, you're the most qualified. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. It's all the same. Though. Yeah. So what's the, so what's the solution behind that? I mean, sh- I mean, I mean, this sound like the solution is segregation. Right. The the, the solution is, the solution is more black owned businesses, bro. Yeah. If I if but I it's harder for black people to get a business than it is for anybody else to get a business. That's that's like, not true. If you want if you want something bad enough, you'll figure out ways to make it happen. No, but I mean I agree with Sean. Yeah. It's I, I definitely it is hard. I definitely agree with it. I definitely agree that it's harder. Like I'm not saying that there's no there's not any then, then, you know racial then I'm like I'm not and harder for black people to get businesses. Other black motherfuckers don't want to shop with us. Period. Don't nobody want to shop with us. Everybody like, oh, oh, well, you know, you know, black people they be having they be having all types of other stuff. They don't they don't they don't do how white people do, or they don't do how to how to um them Chinese people do. Even though every time they walk into a store, motherfuckers follow them around. You know, just because they black and. They're more inclined to steal. So, so that's another issue that black people have with other black people right there. Hell yeah. Look, they'll get they'll get they'll go to a black owned store just to say, Yeah, I went to a black owned store, not because they were But this is this is but this is my solution the the key to the key to wealth has always been utilizing the resources around you. It's never it's never been to go out of your own the whole way in order to achieve what you wanted. Like Steve Jobs, when he did what he did, he started in his own garage with people he knew. So what I'm saying is, like, so like Brandon Rap and I make beats. Why not utilize each other to, to make money? And another point I'm trying to make is that's what white people have always done. Yeah. And that's what white people continue to do. So instead of focusing on, all right, why are they, you know, why are they not trying to, you know, hire us? Why are we not getting those same, you know, benefits they are? We need to focus our energy and toward branding each other and helping each other achieve our own goals. See, but the thing is, don't nobody got no goals nowadays. You know what the goal is? The goal is. That, that's, the, that's another problem, too. The goal is like, to just get a bag. How they say it? I'm not it, bag and I'm a spin it. <laughs> as as a as a person, as a business owner, as a white man, if I can make you your whole life if I can make your whole life be about eating your next meal and not focusing on what you want to truly achieve in your life, then I've already won you over. That's why I'm in the army. <clears throat> All right, so that that whole that that shifted, but I mean it shifted for for good. That I think that's a that that topically we need to have a we'll have an episode because 
there's so much stuff to hit on there. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. From self black people not looking out for each other to shit, are we better off? I mean, honestly, the hard question that nobody ever wants to talk about anymore, you know, Martin Luther King had a dream is, were we better off segregated? Yeah. Well, people say that's true. Like, there was, I mean, you had Black Wall Street. Yeah. People say that, people say that, you know, that integration was really a conspiracy because black people were doing so well without white people. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that worried people. With Black Wall Street, it was crazy because Black Wall Street was doing business with France. Like yeah, make a huge international deal before. Well, I don't know if they were about to make a huge international deal. I don't want to sit there and lie without doing the research, but I know they were doing uh, business with other countries. Yeah, France, France in particular. Yeah, and and white people did not like that shit, so they blew the motherfuckers up. Yeah. And, and now y'all, y'all, y'all niggas gotta be dependent on us again. And, exactly. and give us y'all resources. Everything that y'all learn how to do on y'all own, do that for us. That's exactly what slavery was about. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and switch up to our next topic. On a lighter note, let's see how much, uh, how much y'all worth. How much you willing to sell your soul for? Um, <laughs> We're about to talk about. So, I saw this video which everybody has seen, right? Did you watch it, Shauna? Yeah. All right. So, well, uh, we'll watch it later. But I have it up right now. Uh, Damien, uh, we're about to talk about how much money are your organs worth on the black market? All right. So, would y'all ever consider selling your organs? Hell no. Nah, personally. Uh, <laughs> So for $262,000, you want to sell one of your organs? No. I mean, but... Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you can live without a kidney, though. Hey, huh? You can can live... You can definitely live without a kidney. So all of these organs that I'm about to name, you can out. So, I mean, 262... We were just talking about black-owned businesses and starting our own stuff. (laughs) $1,000. A kidney will achieve that. You wouldn't sell your kidney? Mm-mm. Why? Why wouldn't you sell? I wouldn't sell in my life. It work. Hold on. So let's look up. Oh. It's the it's like a filter. Hey, you keep going in and out again. What is your kidney for? It's like a filter, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it filters like it filters your it filters your blood. Okay, yeah, but. So without a kidney, what does that mean? Uh, less efficient filtration of your blood, which could lead to disease. <laughs> oh, okay. But but you could definitely, I mean, you could definitely live with just one kidney though and be fine. Like there's plenty of people that donate kidneys. You know what I mean? So it, so having my kidney, it's not gonna affect my lifespan, right? Um, I don't like. Hold on, so I just I don't personally know. I just I just I was about to say Googled it, but I binged it because Bing sucks. But that's what it our does suck. yeah, but our computers default to. It. I mean, we should be used to it. We all got iPhones. But if anybody if anybody does listen to this one day that has like some type of power at Apple, 
get fucking Bing off the phone. <laughs> All right. So in general, people with one kidney have fewer no health problems. They have life expectancy according to the National Kidney Foundation. Mm. People can live with no kidneys but require dialysis. I ain't no nah, really? dialysis ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, this is the one. Oh, yeah. Um. One kidney removed during the operation in order to treat an issue like cancer. A person may have donated one kidney to a person or needed a kidney transplant. But most people who are born without a kidney lead normal, healthy lives. All right, so I should go ahead and get on the phone with somebody because I need $262,000. I'm serious. Like, y'all laugh. Hey. Like, if I could live without a kidney, can I still drink alcohol without a kidney? Uh, maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> that that's probably one of those things that would cause uh, problems in life expectancy. Alcohol in your kidney. Hold on, let's see. We're going to National Kidney Foundation. Oh, see, that's Google. Shawnee using Google and pulling this shit up. Searching what? Fuck being. Alcohol can cause changes to the function of the kidneys and make them less able to fill the blood. Oh, dang. So without the kidney, I'm not filling nothing. Yeah, exactly. But see, you got to be positive, though, because that means I'm getting drunk fast. (laughs) I'm a cheap drunk now. All right. So hold on. We got some other body parts. We covered the kidney. Uh, Liver, 150,000. Heart. Hold up. Your heart. Yeah, and then, like, I have no idea why you would want to donate your heart. I guess this is for, like, after you die. You could, like, keep it alive? You just said, you just said that we were talking about pieces of your body and uh, still live without. I know, but I guess I didn't read it. Yeah. So what you gonna do? Give them your heart and, and hope you live without it? No, I'm gonna give them my heart after I die. Like, if I'm about to die... I can like give them my heart and then give y'all the hundred and ninety thousand. You could do that. You could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Savvy. All right. The gallbladder, uh, one thousand two hundred nineteen. Coronary artery, one thousand five hundred twenty-five. Uh, pair of eyeballs, fifteen. Only fifteen hundred dollars for your eyeballs. That's savage. Spleen five hundred. Yeah, I bought it with the. I wonder why the kidneys is worth so much. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't need it, then why is it worth more than the eyeballs? The eyeballs should be like at least five. Yeah, like a heart. Why is that so cheap? What the fuck's up with the kidney? Like, so you telling me, you want to pay this much for a goddamn kidney, but you want me to give it to you out of my, my nice, healthy body? Yeah, what? With y'all paying this much for it. Like, how can I, how can you live that long without it? What it is, that's called brand loyalty. There's no difference. There's no difference from Tommy Hilfiger in a dollar t-shirt, in a dollar store t-shirt, but it's still Tommy Hilfiger. Maybe the kidney just got, like, some brand loyalty in the body, like, <laughs> but it's the kidney though. <laughs> kidney makes this made by kidney. You gotta get it. 
<laughs> All right, and the last thing is the stomach, five hundred eight dollars. The fuck? Who giving up their stomach? I don't get it. I don't get it. All right, so on to uh, another serious subject because we're all parents. Uh, so I think we can. I'm going to read you this story because, Damien, I didn't send you this one. So this is like out of left field. All right. All right. So it's called the title of the story is Me and Shawnee are ahead of you because we didn't already like read this together. Um, it's called she signed up to be a surrogate mother and unwittingly gave her child away. Do you that title? Yeah, reread that. I can't. You keep chopping. You chopping up. All right. She signed up to be a surrogate mother and unwittingly gave her own child away. What? <laughs> All right. That's the response I expected. Like the title's the title is tricky. So after I read you this story, after we read the story, um, then you're gonna be like, oh, all right. oh, look, this is a picture. I didn't even see this. For some reason, all right, maybe is this racist? Um, for some reason, I thought these were uh, white people. I, I, I yeah, did, me too. Did you think that instantly, surrogate mother? I immediately think of white people. Yeah. I don't know why. I feel like that's some white people something that they prominently. I mean, but you could see why if you thought that baby was. Yeah. Now, nah, you know what? I'll keep, it, I'll keep it 100 on the podcast. Uh, surrogate mothers makes me think of some of white people shit. Like, you know. <laughs> Dude, I wanted to do it. Yeah, I know. I know, I'm, but I mean that's something you typically think that's why people do. Yeah, like if I read a story that's you know somebody drank fifteen forties in one sitting, I would immediately think that was a black person. Like if it, <laughs> if it was a white guy in the picture, like I would be shocked. So, all right, anyway, let's read the story. Now that we've established, uh, I'm not racist for saying white people shit because we'll say <laughs> shit too. All right, Jessica Allen was already a mother of two boys when she decided to become a surrogate. The pay she would receive to care for another woman's child to term was $30,000. And it would allow, Damn. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little penny. I think it should be more though. Nine months carrying a whole baby. Like, I feel like that's more of like $50,000. Yeah, <laughs> you're giving somebody life, and you're like actually doing a job. Yeah, like you're responsible for the well-being. Oh. Okay. Like, so it all Okay. So, did you hear Shawnee? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's understandable, then. All right, yeah. That comes with perks. She was a $30,000 mom out of $50,000. All right, so... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they was paying her $30,000, and her husband was like, you know, this will allow us to... allow you to be a stay-at-home mom, 
stay for a new house that they wanted. And it will also give the family, give her a chance to give a family a blessing of the house. Uh, and you chop, you chop it up again. Oh, my fault. That's what her husband, Wardell Jasper, told her, according to the New York Post, who uh, first reported the story. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't even know Wardell. <laughs> like I, I can't. I don't know. If I saw somebody named Wardell Jasper, I'm going to think they white. You know Wardell? Hey, Wardell. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you just kind of blackened it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you put A in front of anything, you can be black, though. Hey, I know a nigga named Cardell. All right. Well, Cardell, Wardell, I guess that works. Yeah, it's kind of different, though. Yeah, I mean, that shit is actually different. <laughs> All right, so, okay, so Alan signed up to be a surrogate mother with the San Diego-based company Omega Family Global, which matched her with a Chinese couple identified in the article as the Lu's. That's Jesus or whatever. It's a pseudonym. In April 2016, after patient treatment, Alan became pregnant with the couple's baby. Uh what is vitro fertilization? What that is? Vitro fertilization. Yeah, like what kind of pregnancy is that? I'm about to look it up. Um. Here's a use. Mm. To treat fertilization or genetic problems in the situation of a child. During mature, mature eggs are received from your ovaries and fertilized by the sperm in the lab. So, I mean, shit, pretty much, but they always do. They take the egg and the sperm. Okay, so they. So... So they're taking that out of the parents and putting it to a girl? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so I guess the parents, she couldn't carry it, but he probably. Right. Okay, all right. Okay. So you understand what that is now, then? Yeah, Yeah. I got a better idea. All right, we tracking, because I had no fucking idea. <laughs> Alan became pregnant with the couple's baby through the vitro fertilization. Six later, the first of the project and her surrogacy would crop up. A second baby had a scan. I was a bit scared, but I heard the Lou's were thrilled to be having twins. Alan, who's 31, told the newspaper. My $30,000 payment included including expenses, which I received in installments by check each month, were increased by $5,000 for the second child. I kind of want some clarification on that. Does that mean she was given... Other thirty thousand dollars, five thousand more for the whole other human. Well, they, dang, uh, what's her name? Alan is getting a whole fucking. So I gotta carry. Uh, yeah. I gotta carry two babies, and you only give me an extra five. Nah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to shop this other baby around. <laughs> hey, for real. <laughs> All 
All right, so not once during the pregnancy did any of the medical staff provided by the agency say that the babies were in separate sacks. As far as we, we were concerned, the transferred embryo had split into two, and the twins were identical. The mm. Last December, Allen gave birth to both babies by C-section hospital in Riverside, California, which is not far from where we are. That's where uh, that's where our uncle is. Uh-huh. Um, she claimed she was not allowed to see the newborns or spend an hour with them as her contract with the Omega Family Global had outlined, leaving her heartbroken for days after the delivery. She had only briefly seen a cell phone picture of the babies and remarked that they looked different. Only later would she realize how accurate her, her observation had been. On January 10th, nearly a month after the babies were born, Alan said she received a message blue with another picture of the twins. They are not the same, right? The message read, according to the New York Post. Have you thought about why they are different? <clears throat> a DNA test would soon reveal the truth. One of the twins were actually Alan and Jasper's biological son. Despite using condoms, they had apparently conceived a child after becoming pregnant with the loose baby. In what is believed to be an extremely rare case of superfetation. Superfetation, the condition is which in which an already pregnant woman conceives another child. It's so rare that the alleged cases are usually treated as skepticism. In a widely publicized 2009 case of a pregnant Arkansas woman becoming pregnant again, Karen Boyle, a reproductive medicine specialist, told ABC News, there were only about 10 reported cases of superfetation in medical literature. I was heartbroken knowing I carried a baby I didn't know was mine. And that was taken from me without my knowledge and was in the arms of other people where he did not belong. All right. So this story gets kind of long. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the. Yeah, I'm about to skip to that part, the, the disgusting part, the disgusting shit. What followed was a lengthy, expensive battle to get their own son back. The San Diego agency reportedly told Allen that the Luz had relinquished the baby who was not their biological match and also wanted $22,000 in compensation. Allen told the New York Post they couldn't afford that. They couldn't afford that and were shocked when the agency put up barriers for reuniting their son. So pretty much um, off the jump, the Luz are clearly some fucked up individuals. Which is is probably why they hit so not only did they want money back, but they wanted almost all of their money back for a baby that was still, you know, they, she still had their baby. Still carried it for nine months. Like they only gave you $5,000 yeah. for the state. Yeah, like, I'll give you the 5000 back. That was funny. <laughs> right. All right. First fucked up part, right? So now we know the loser fucked up humans. All right, here's the next point. To my disgust, this is uh, Alan, the mother, talking. To my disgust, a caseworker parents to adopt their son and absorb the money they owed to the lose. Or if that didn't work out, the lose were thinking of putting up, putting Matt, that's the boy's name, up for adoption as they were still his legal parents. So <clears throat> the agency was going to give up their child for adoption. That was one option. And give it to somebody 
get paid is twenty two thousand dollars. So the agency now we know is disgusting, fucked up, like the lose. The lose, the lose, adds some more fucking shit to it. If that doesn't work out and they can't get their twenty two thousand dollars, they just gonna give the baby up for adoption because they're still the legal parents. <clears throat> so I told the, this is the mother again. I told the agency in no uncertain terms we want our son. But we would still be responsible for the bill if we kept him. It was like Max was now a commodity and we were paying to adopt our own flesh and blood. A caseworker from the agency also said we owed her $7,000 extra for expenses she incurred for the uh, bureaucracy um, from the company for looking after her son. So now it's some other third party bitch that want want a cut of the money too. She wants seven grand. Because she works for the company. They got her watching the boy. <clears throat> we spent she said the, the family spent three thousand dollars on an attorney and there was a lot of strained negotiations between them and the attorney. Also the lawyer and Omega. It was an uphill battle, but the agency finally reduced the they owed that the family had owed the lose to zero. So the agency finally was like, you know, maybe I'm guessing the agency was like, you know, this is uh, probably a bad, uh, what do you call it? Bad for publicity. It was like, look, we're just like, we ain't got to pay for your kid. Mm -hmm. Um, For real. And they got their kid back. Um, They got it back on February 5th. Uh, This story was done. I have to find the date. Uh, well, it was, got, it was done October 29th, 2017. So the story was done. Shit, today. Well, I read it last time. must have been updated today. But they got their kid back February of this year um, on the 5th in a Starbucks parking lot. Very fitting. In, uh, Riverside. Shout out to Starbucks. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the so that was the last story. Um... I kind of just wanted to read that. I don't really know what we're going to say about it, but I guess it's kind of like, it's kind of fucked up how how companies are. And I know anything about, it, uh, you know, surrogacy companies. That's crazy, bro. Like, they were going to make her pay for her that she had on accident. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Um, yeah, man. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, we're gonna start doing like these every week. Uh, I brought up the topics today, of course, because it was the first one. Um, next week, like we'll, throughout the week, we'll just like we'll see stories that we want to talk about, things concerning you know the country, um, odd stories that's out there that people aren't really track. Um, pretty much, just get on here and just talk some shit and learn about each other's views and see whatever other people want to talk about too. We got, they got a service on this thing called call in. So maybe we could get like our friends that in and Aaron, whoever else that want to be a part of the show and have a view. They want to express um, whatever from selling your organs to, I don't know, shitting on toilets, standing with your feet on the pool. That does happen. I reckon shit like that. in Africa, they had to, they had to like, 
it was just a hole in the ground. Like, I mean, they had, like, you know, walls up, but they had a hole in the ground, and, like, you had to, like, hover over that shit. <laughs> 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 hey, look, question, like, where do they place the tissue like this? It's in there, but, I mean, pretty much, I mean, shit. Like, is it at eye level? But or I, is it at squat level? I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. I don't want your that is a that is an interesting ass question. It's like, what's the tissue like? Was the tissue at arm's length squatted, or did you have to? Because that's gonna be that's up if you gotta like squat and grab tissue. Because now you gotta like work out to wipe your ass. For real, though. Then it's also fucked up if you shit and gotta up and smash the stuff all in your ass and wipe again. See, but I, <laughs> the way that it, but you know, if you stand in there, that shit just gonna slide out. Oh. <laughs> like, like, I that. That's so nasty. Well, it is. It's not my that, That's actually how you supposed to poop. What you mean? How you supposed to poop? Like, you're supposed to, like, just squat walk. down and poop. You're not supposed to sit down and poop. You're supposed to just walk around and let it just slide out. <laughs> you're supposed to, like, literally squat down and poop. Maybe that's why that I... Because, bro, I used to... When I was in Iraq, we would go in the bathroom, and there was always shoe prints on the toilets. Yeah, bro. Like, that's how you're supposed to poop. <laughs> like, why the fuck is there shoe prints on the toilet? Like, when did... <laughs> <laughs> when did the toilet seat become grips? <laughs> but then it was one day, I, that one fateful day, I walked into the bathroom and pushed open the stall, and it was a little Iraqi man squatted on over the seat with his sandals. Mm. Shit. <laughs> I don't know what thought of it before, but like actually seeing it in action, I was like, oh, now the foot. All right. <laughs> That nigga uh, can be duking like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gotta get this man to call in. Oh, wow. <laughs> yourself, sir. Right. Um, <laughs> but all right. Uh, yeah, we'll do another one next week. Everybody come up with their own topics and we'll all talk about it. All right. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you too, bro. Love y'all too. So our next topic, on a lighter note, let's see how much uh how much y'all worth, how much you willing to sell your soul for. Um, <laughs> we about to talk about. So I saw this video, which everybody has seen, right? Did you watch it, Shauna? Yeah. All right. So well, uh, I will watch it later. But well, I have it up right now. Uh, Damien, uh, we're about to talk about how much money. Are your organs worth on the black market? All right. So, would y'all ever consider selling your organs? Hell no. Nah, personally. So, <laughs> so for $262,000, you want to sell one of your organs? No. I mean, but. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you can live without a kidney, girl. Hey, huh? You can, <laughs> you can live. You can definitely live without a kidney. So, all of these organs that I'm about to name, you can out. So I mean, two hundred sixty. We were just talking about black-owned businesses and starting our own stuff. Thousand dollars <laughs> a kidney will achieve that. You wouldn't sell your kidney? Mm-mm. Why? Why wouldn't you sell? I wouldn't sell. Wait, your mama.
uh, I think we could. I'm going to read you this story because, Damien, I didn't send you this one. So this is like out of left field. All right. All right. So it's called, the title of the story is, me and Shawnee are ahead of you because we didn't already like read this together. Um, it's called, she signed up to be a surrogate mother and unwittingly gave her child away. Do you that title? Yeah, reread that. I can't. You keep chopping it. You chopping up. All right. She signed up to be a surrogate mother and unwittingly gave her own child away. What? <laughs> All right. That's the response I expected. Like, the, title's, the title is tricky. So, after I read you this story, after we read recording now but once she gets in we'll start talking about everything yeah oh yeah i need to get some space I'm tired. Is there still an echo? Yeah, there's still an yeah. echo. Yeah. I'm at the 87. Yeah. I'm at the 87. Alright. It's real vague. Choppy. What about now? 